0: Hello. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us in Appleton and Stevens Point, as well as all the people who join us online all over the world. Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us here at celebration this church this morning. Good to see Pastor Lathan here on the front row. <laughs> wow. Wow, I'm surprised to see you. Fabulous. You feeling okay, huh? Yeah. Yeah. If you're not aware, Pastor Lathan had open-heart surgery not long ago. And they're replacing stuff with electronic stuff. He's turning into a human cyborg. You get nervous if you start sounding like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I promise I would not kill anybody. You know it's bad when he ends the service with, I'll be back. We'll continue to keep him in his prayers, in your prayers, as he recovers. Um, we are uh, doing a study, uh, almost done now, on the Apostles Creed, that which we have just re- recited together. And uh, these are the fundamental truths of the Christian faith that we at Celebration Church uh, emphasize. These are the non-negotiables, if you will. You go to a lot of churches' websites and click, what do we believe? <clears throat> You'll get a long laundry list of all kinds of stuff that they take strong biblical stance on stuff to just some of the most minute things that you can think of. If you go to our website and click what do we believe, all you're going to see is the Apostles' Creed. Not that we don't have opinions about other things, but we think there's a difference between what we believe and what we think about a lot of other things. There's a lot of really great, wonderful people of faith who just have different opinions about a great many things, okay? For example, there's some people... uh, That believe in Calvinism, which is everything's already preordained. And then there's uh, those who do not believe in that. I do not believe in that. Uh, When I hear a Calvinist and he tells me about it and I tell him I don't believe it, they get upset and I say, look, I can't help it. I was predestined to not agree with you. (laughs) So lighten up, Jack. All right. So there's all kinds of stuff. Now here at Celebration Church, we got people who think either one of those, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, different opinions about the Holy Spirit, that's perfectly fine. All these things. We don't minor on the uh, major. I'm sorry, on the minors. We major on the majors, and that's what we do uh, here at Celebration Church. We do talk about all the other different things, but it's always in the context of this is what I think the Scripture says. But we don't have a problem. Look, I don't think the, that God is most glorified when you get a bunch of people in the room who all think the same. What credit is that? Jesus said thieves agree with thieves, right? I mean, you get a bunch of people, all, everybody has their own clique of people that all think just like them. That's not where the glory of God comes. The glory of God comes in when you get a whole bunch of people together in the name of Jesus who don't agree about a great many things. But yet we still love each other and we respect each other. And that's what we try to emphasize here at Celebration Church. So, now, we are to the phrase where it says we believe In the forgiveness of sins. Now, of course, uh, we believe in God's forgiveness. Everybody say, thank God. Because without that, we are doomed. Look, everybody messes up. Nobody gets this right before God. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Everybody at some level messes up. Some much worse than others. The good news is there is forgiveness. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. It is a gift from God, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he was the lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. But you need to come and procure that by coming to him and asking him to forgive you of your sins, come into your life, and boom, this amazing transformation Takes place. Christianity is so unlike every other religion in the world. Every other religion in the world, they're desperately trying to get a hold of God, and they're working and they're chanting and they're bowing and praying, all going through all the rituals, all in a desperate effort to touch God. Christianity is completely different. Christianity starts out, boom, you touch from God right from the beginning. You immediately experience forgiveness for your sins, and then now you start to grow from there. So we're all at various levels of being jacked up, all right, of working through our issues and stuff, but we start out with forgiveness. We start out, that's why we sing the songs that we sing, that's why we celebrate, the way that we celebrate is because we can know God right now. We can experience God right now. He can answer your prayers right now. You don't have to be worrying about God somewhere off in the distance because through Jesus Christ, he is here right now with us. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. now. We believe God forgives sins. We don't think he just ignores them. All right? There's a lot of people today that take an extreme view of grace. They think, well, because there's grace, it doesn't really matter what we do. We can lie, steal, cheat, adulterate, fornicate, all the other eights you can think of. It doesn't really matter because, oh, just grace. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. Grace and truth work together. Here's an example. Should you kill people? No. Will God forgive you if you kill somebody? Yes. Well, good that I can kill people. No! All right? Just because the grace is there doesn't change the rule. All right? And that's true with all this stuff. We teach basic Christian morality here. That's the good news about Christianity. It's not very complicated. Basic Christian morality loving God, loving your fellow neighbor, avoiding the basic sins that God says to avoid. We don't have rituals that we have to go through, we don't have special holidays we have to observe, we don't have a bunch of rules and rituals. Although Christians come along, different churches, they try to add all these. Pinheaded rules and rituals, but we don't do that Uh, uh, It's a much easier walk, I promise you Than virtually every other religion on earth God forgives sins, but he doesn't ignore them And at Celebration Church, we're very clear to point out That what is right and what is wrong What the the New Testament teaches, as right as wrong We don't shun away from that or shrink from that But when we point out what's wrong It doesn't mean that we hate people who do what's wrong We don't hate anybody, but it's still wrong And you'll pay a big price if you don't turn away from it. It's not worth it. So not only does God forgive us when we say we believe in the forgiveness of sins, it's more than just God forgiving us. We believe we're supposed to forgive each other. We just pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive people who sin against us. And what's amazing is how many people have a struggle with this. They have the hardest time forgiving people. It just is so hard for them you know uh i know my son-in-law ross was doing a wedding once and uh part of the wedding was uh they were a very traditional family and they said listen we just want you to do the lord's prayer when when you do the service and okay Ross, okay, great we'll do the lord's prayer you know and 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 stuff well you know so he forgets out if you've ever spoken in front of people it's, it's quite the challenge. Not only are you saying what you're saying, you're thinking about what you're going to say in a minute and mortified by what you said 10 minutes ago. All right? I mean, there's like a three ring circus going on here, man. There's monkeys and stuff jumping around. It's quite entertaining. Uh, and it's, 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 a, it's a challenge. It's, you're really focusing, trying to pull this off as you're thinking about what you're going to say and against what you just said before. Da, 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 so it's easy to forget things. So Andy Ross is doing the service and he forgets to do the Lord's Prayer. Afterwards, the people were furious. And they said, I'll never forgive you for not saying the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> you, you, mean the, you mean the prayer that says we have to forgive everybody? <laughs> <laughs> How crazy are people? I won't forgive you for not praying. We should forgive each other. People are crazy. For heaven's sakes. We need to forgive people. Now, if you struggle with forgiving people, good. I have good news for you this morning. Because if you do this right, you won't have to forgive people. How's that? By not taking offense in the first place. Now, as I was getting ready for this message, I'm trying to think, you know, what can I share? And I I asked the gorgeous redhead that I'm married to, and I said, hey, what's what's a good Bible story about forgiveness? She goes, when David forgave Saul, and I thought about it for a few minutes, and I said, that's brilliant! Absolutely brilliant! She says, thank you. I said, no, actually, technically, you're wrong, but it's brilliant! (laughs) She says, what do you mean? I said, actually, if you read it, David never forgives Saul because he never had to because David never took offense at anything Saul ever did to him. And if you don't know I'm about to tell you the story. Now it starts out, David is the young man who kills Goliath, right? He's a young kid, 16 years old, whatever the deal is. And uh, his brothers are in the army and there are, the Philistines are coming against them. And there was like this big standoff. We call it the Mexican standoff. I don't know where that phrase comes from. <laughs> But anyway, so they're standing off. Every day, the armies of the Lord would stand on one hill and the Philistine armies would stand on the other hill and they'd yell insults at each other. Fire, fire, and then they'd take a break for lunch, come back the next day. I mean, they do this every day. <laughs> day after day after day. This went for at least a month, maybe longer. I can't remember the story, but it's just, it goes for a long time. Every day, they all just get here. <laughs> well, at one point, the Philistines had a great big yo mama dude by the name of Goliath. And he'd come out there, and he'd insult them. Say, I'll tell you what, boys. All this energy, let's not waste all this energy. Just send one of your guys to fight me. If he wins, we surrender. If I win, you surrender. Well, of course, the Israelites are going, good grief, look at the size of this guy. Who's gonna take him on? So, there's nothing they can do about it. They're just standing, Saul is freaked out. He's trying to get this thing going. It's stuck in the mud. They need some kind of resolution. Somebody's got to make a move. And so he starts offering a reward. He says, if anybody goes kills this Philistine, I'll give him my daughter to marry. Apparently she was quite the hottie, all right? So you get the hot chick. And then I'm going to give you just a whole bunch of gold. And then your entire family will be exempt from paying any more taxes. How nice would that be? So David comes because his dad says, go check on your brothers at the, at the front See how they're doing. Well, they're doing fine because nobody's doing anything. <laughs> they're standing at the hill. Going. So David comes and he sees this big fat ugly guy insulting him. Hey, come fight me. And then he hears about the reward. That's a part of the story you almost never hear told. We don't tell to the end. If you look at it, because everybody says, he was so motivated to serve the Lord. Not exactly. He overhears about getting the chick and the money. And he goes, oh, what, what, what? What happens? He gets the hot chick and they get the money. And then David asks some other people, run this by me again. What, what exactly uh, is going to, so several times he's going around. His brothers are getting mad at him say, get out of here, you little twerp!" You know, no, shut up, man. You know, brothers, you know, one more, Tell me. you get the hot chick and the money. All right, I'll fight him. And everybody's yelling at him. And Saul overhears this and talks to David. David, says, I can take this guy. Well, Saul says, okay. Now, there's no way in the world Saul thought he would have a chance. He just thought this would break the stalemate, okay? They would rush out. This guy would cut up this little kid. And maybe finally enough courage would break everybody's heart. They'll charge the lines. But we know the story. David goes out there. He's a guy, humongous guy. David just, this guy's furious when he sees this little pipsqueak coming at him. He is so insulted. How dare you son of a pipsqueak after me? What am I, a dog? And he starts coming at David. Well, David gets his little sling, takes a rock and goes, smacks the guy right in the head, knocks him out cold. David jumps on top of him, grabs the guy's sword, cuts off his head, and raises his head. Well, all the Israelites go, "Woo!" And all the Philistines went, Ah! You know, so they start chasing the Philistines, they're cutting them all the pieces, so they had this great victory. And we pick up the story where they're coming back after the battle. And it says, When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the town of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing. And they're dancing and the ladies are dancing. You know, ladies love to dance. What is that? Even when they're little girls, the little girls, who little grandkids, la 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 la. They can be in the middle of target. La 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 la. You know, and they like to hold hands and la 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 la. Because little boys do not hold hands and go, la 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 la. All right? We don't do that, but they do that from the time they're little monkeys. They just can they just love to dance. So all the girls are dancing. Woo! And are joyful singing timbrels. And as they danced, they sang the song. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Ooh, well, Saul hears this and he becomes very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They've credited David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands. So he gets really hacked. All right, so he's mad now he's jealous and envious and fearful of this young man. So he keeps David close to him. You know the old saying, keep your enemies close. <laughs> keep your friends close, put your enemies closer. So he keeps him close, but he's irritating him. But he would play the harp. So in addition to this being this incredible fighting person, and he was amazing. Someday we got to just do a series on just David and the way he fought and the men that were with him. This, his band of fighters were some of the, baddest, meanest dudes you will ever see in history. These guys routinely would take on odds even as high as 1,000 to 1 and would prevail. They were unbelievable. But so not only was he this incredible warrior, he was a musician, and he played the harp, and Saul would get all depressed about stuff, and he'd gasp for David, and David would come and play the harp, and it just kind of mellowed him out, but he still couldn't stand this punk kid. So at one point, he can't take it anymore, so he grabs a spear. And the Bible says, and he hurled it, whew, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Seriously? Once, I'm out of here. You try and pin me to the wall, I'm moving on. I can take a hint, right? Not David. He says, whew, he misses. And then he's, da, da, da he's swinging, to the and he misses again. And then it's okay, see you next week. And he comes back again. And he keeps us up and he tries to do it again. It's like, hello. I don't think he likes you. But David refused to take offense. He loved Saul. He respected Saul. When Saul was trying to kill him, he probably thought, I'm oh, just probably having a bad day. How you doing, Saul? I love you, man. Great. And he just couldn't get it. I mean, so Saul finally figures out, I'm going to, I'm going to get him, and I'm going to kill him. And so David hears of this plot. So Jonathan and his friend say, listen, man, you've got to get out of here. So David and his men take off. And Saul starts chasing him, trying to kill him. And when you read a lot of the Psalms, where Psalms, you know, David's crying out to the Lord, help me in the midst of my troubles. And stuff. These are during the time when Saul's trying to kill him. The guy's on run for his life. This is a brutal time. So, in this one account, we, say, we see here in 1 Samuel, it says, When the men were returning home, I'm sorry, where am I? 1 Samuel 24. I'm sorry. So Saul took 3,000 able young men, Saul and 3,000 guys, just go out and kill David, from all Israel, and they set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. It's just outside of Stevens Point. Okay? So. Uh, and he came to this place called the sheep's pen along the way, and there's this cave there. So Saul goes in to relieve himself, okay? He's going to go take a poopy. So how do you know it was a poopy? Because they would urinate anywhere. They did not think anything. They would want a cave for other business. So he goes into the cave to take care of business. But the irony is David and his men were in the far back in the cave. So they're hiding from Saul and his army. And they don't know where he's at, so Saul says, hold on, I got to take care of some business. So he goes into the cave, and in the back of the cave is David and his men. (laughs) Who is that? It's Saul. What's he doing? He's pooping. (laughs) Seriously, dude, I'm telling you, he's pooping over there. (laughs) And the men said, this is great! And they they say to David, uh, this is the day the Lord spoke of what he said to you. I'll give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. So they egg on David. This is a chance. This is your chance to take him out. You can get him. So the Bible says David crept up unnoticed while Saul is meditating. And David's just. And he gets up and he sneaks behind. But he can't do it. So what he does, he just cuts off a piece of, of Saul's, Saul's robe. And then he comes back to his guys. And afterwards, the Bible says, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. Seriously? <laughs> I'd cut off a few more pieces of something. I'm telling you, it wouldn't be no robes. I'd have been the first Bobbit. All right? So he, he goes and he... young people. What is he talking about? I don't know. All right. So, read your history. So anyway, uh, he cuts off a corner of his robe and he feels bad for doing it. Oh, I can't believe I did that. What a disrespectful thing to do. Dude, he's trying to kill you. i about to cut off his robe. What was I thinking? How, ins- how insulting is that? And he says to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master. The Lord's anointed. Lay hands on him. He's the Lord's anointed. And with these words, David sharply rebuked his men and didn't allow him to, to attack Saul. Why are you thinking trying to talk me into this? We need to respect this man. I love this man. Wow. How do you get there? Man, people are so disrespectful to people, particularly pastors today. They're brutal. Insult us, contradict us, get in our face, cuss us out, yell at us. You know I'm on Facebook. You all these pinheads on Facebook. I hope you're watching. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll post something. They don't like it, so they start writing and rebuking me. Frasen I think you ignorant little arrogant snot. I would never do that to a pastor. I would never. Do that. There's pastors. There's all kinds of pastors. Out there. I think they're all just crazy. But I don't go and start rebuking them and writing insults and stuff to them. A little respect. But there's no respect for ministry today. And these people who do this are proof that they're the most disrespectful people on earth, disrespecting these people. It's supposed to respect. It's supposed to look at the kind of respect David showed. And by the way, you pinheads. If you don't like something I say, push the unfollow button. That's all you got to do, boop, boop. But they don't, they come and assault me and then I push the delete button. And I ban them from my site and they get mad. Then they get a different name and come on again. They do, I had a lady do this this morning, I hope you're listening. She says, I just think it's terrible when you ban people from your site. Really? It's my sight. <laughs> it's not a right in the Constitution. You go on the side and me, I am deleting you. Beep. You come to my house and start insulting me, I'm throwing you out the door. Good people. Not this guy, man. We're, we're, we're so far from this today. People disrespect pastors, insult them. Trash them they try to act so arrogant like they're, because they spent, you know, they've seen at least one Beth Moore Bible study. Unbelievable. So I'm right. Let's say you're 100% right and I'm 100% wrong. Still respect. Respect. Show some respect. And I'm not your pastor anyway. Go away. (laughs) Goodness. All right, so. Saul gets in this battle, and finally judgment's falling on him. God's taking him to task, and he gets killed in this battle. Uh, So, anyway, we pick up in the story: it says, On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. When he came to David, he fell to the ground to pay honor, to pay him honor. Where do you come from? David asked. Well, I just escaped from the Israelite camp. What happened? Tell me. Well, the men fled from the battle. Many of them fell and died, and Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. And David said to the young man who brought the report, how do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? He said, well, I happen to be on Mount Gilboa, and there was Saul leaning on a spear. Now, since he was leaning on a spear, it wasn't like he's doing this, okay? It means he took the spear and rammed it through his gut, okay? Because he's trying to kill himself. Uh, The enemy is closing in. He doesn't want to fall into the hands of the enemy. So he tries to take his life, But it doesn't work, okay? Which that's got to (laughs) suck. Right? You're trying to kill yourself. You can't even do it right. What are you going to do, kill yourself? You're already trying to kill yourself. You're depressed. Everything's wrong. So, he says to me, oh, where am I? (laughs) When he turned and he saw me, he says, I said, what can I do? What can I do? And he asked me, who are you? He says, I'm an Amalekite. He wanted to know what side he was on. He said, well then, stand here by me and kill me. I'm in the throes of death, but I'm still alive. So I stood beside him and I killed him because I knew that after he'd fallen on his sword like that, he couldn't survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm. and I brought it to you. And then David and all his men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. And they mourned and they wept and they fasted until evening for Saul. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Here's a guy who would take no offense. And the very man is trying to kill him. He weeps and he cries. The Bible says to this guy, did you really kill him? He says, yeah. And then David said, kill this guy. And they cut him down right on the spot. How dare you? Holy cow! How do you get here? How do you look at? I'm looking for just basic kindness. Don't be so sensitive about it. How do you get like this? I tell you, you trying to kill me, and I hear that you are dead. I am a happy boy. I'm singing "Ding Dong" to which is dead. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Witch, oh witch, the wicked witch. (laughs) <laughs> like Ed Grimley, you remember Ed Grimley? Yes, I'm not upset. You're dead. You're trying to kill me. David weeps, his men weep. Wow, how did he get there, man? I just got an email this week from somebody who left the church. Because when I was in the foyer, they said something to me and apparently I wasn't sensitive to them. Listen, if you're truly sensitive, don't talk to me. (laughs) Seriously, talk to Lathan, he's a nice guy. (laughs) Joe's a nice man. They'll actually focus, I got the attention span of a fly. You're talking to me, all I'm hearing about three seconds into is ra ra is ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra. And i will say something that apparently might be insensitive. And they leave the church over one event. Like, Seriously, what is wrong with people? Good grief. No one you struggle forgiving people because you take offense at everything. How about you be the kind of person that never takes offense at anything? That someone insults you and you just blow it off and go, oh, he's probably having a bad day. I walked by the pastor and I waved him. He didn't wave back. Oh, he probably was just, he's just busy. He's spacing out somewhere. Somebody in the children's apartment called my little kid a poopy head. Well, he probably is a poopy head. <laughs> I said, well, maybe he's just having a, you, you, it doesn't bother you. Oh, not today. Oh, somebody calls your little snot-nosed brat a little poopy head. You'll have a fit. You'll come to the head church and you'll demand a retraction from this insult of poopiness. Somebody says something you don't like and you're going to stick it in their face and frazz and shag and frazz and shag it. <laughs> they all walk around with a chip on your shoulder. Stop it. You know who's the worst at this actually? And I hope you get past it. I don't know why I can't. Is it people who've come to our church from another church. You came to, We're glad you're here. Seriously, we could use the help. But some of y'all come with a chip on your shoulder because somebody else ticked you off at some other church. You're just waiting for me to do something. You're just waiting for somebody else that just, somebody does that to me again. I'm going to show them a thing or two. Really, stop. Let it go. Stop with all this nonsense. All this going crazy and fussing and fighting. Goodness gracious. Paul wrote these words, the great love chapter, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Some of you guys, that's exactly what you do. Every time somebody does something to you, you don't like, you write it down. It was October 30th. Two o'clock in the afternoon, the wind was blowing out of the south at 12 miles per hour. (laughs) And there was a bird that flew over my house going to the east. I remember it precisely. (laughs) And you take these offenses and you hang on to them. You're always, oh, pastor, I have a hard time letting things go and, and forgiving people. Stop being such a wuss. Quit getting offended at everything. Quit remember every bad thing that happened. You love people, love like David loved, just loved people. He loved Saul. Saul's trying to kill him. David, ah, just having a bad day. Saul's trying to chase him down. I know he still loves me in his heart. Saul falls in death, really, he weeps for the guy. Holy cow! Don't hang on to every little thing for the love of heaven. Proverbs says this whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. When you find yourself not only getting wounded, but you gotta talk about it. And, this, 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 and they said I was a poopy head, and this other guy said I was a poopy. I know he's a poopy, and you're t- he said he was a poopy head? Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, that's a terrible, and, and he just gets everybody mad. What I don't understand, I can at least accept the initial offense. I don't understand people who get offended third party. And most of the people who've gotten mad and left this church have left third-party offense. Somebody saw something they didn't like, kept repeating it over and over, and got them mad, and then they all left. Really? Where do you get this from? What it is is there's no love. There's no love, and there's no respect. No love, no respect. Oh, they think they're holy because they know some Bible verses. They saw a Beth Moore video, Yeah. You know? Got a cross-reference Bible. Oh, yeah. So holy, these people. No love, no respect. This stuff rots their bones and they poison everybody else around them. They pass their poison on and poison and poison. Don't let people poison you. You hear something third party, don't react to it. Just say, let it go, man. Just, well, so-and-so says, well, maybe they're having a bad day. Yeah, someone ignored my kid the other day, and then the children's apartment. said, so, "Well, you know, maybe it was a mistake. You know, calm him down. Besides, stop repeating it. See, whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. That's what they do. They repeat it, they rehearse it over and over again. Stop it!" Proverbs 19.11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Look, at Celebration Church, we believe in the forgiveness of sins. We believe that God will forgive us, that we need to forgive each other. And I got good news for you. How about you walking away that you don't have to forgive anybody because nobody takes you off? How about you don't have to wrestle with forgiveness because you don't take offense? You just dismiss it. Be like David even when they're trying to pin you against the wall, look at it in the best possible light. How do you do that? Here's a man, someone's trying to kill him. He put a positive spin on it. <laughs> wow! How do we get there? Well, it starts with some love. It starts with some respect. Look, I get it, we all don't like things and things bother sometimes. Okay, but we're family. You know, come say your peace and then calm down. And seriously, If you want someone to be really sensitive, don't talk to me. (laughs) Apparently, I'm not a sensitive guy. I can, however, dance. Like Ed Grimley. We all have our gifts. How about we just let it go? Don't get offended. Think, I don't have to forgive anybody. Why? Because nobody's hurting me oh, I get pinheads that I yell at online, but I don't know these people. I'm reacting to stupidity, not to a person. And I'm certainly not walking around wounded and struggling having to forgive them in my heart. (laughs) Do you struggle with this stuff? Mature Christians, they just don't. They never struggle with trying to forgive anybody because they don't take offense to anything. Just... Water off a duck. But he tried to kill you. Just had a bad day. But he's making your life miserable. Oh, he'll get over it. How about we walk there? How about we truly live so deeply with this idea of forgiving sins that we don't keep record of any of this stuff because we believe in the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. God, help us to be people who walk in love. Help us to be people who have respect for each other and for those in authority and just keep a humble opinion of ourselves and not to be so jacked up and react to everything. One thing is for sure, Lord, there's going to be people who will tick us off. Somebody is going to do somebody wrong. It might happen at the church The campus in Appleton might happen, in the campus in Stevens Point might happen here. Just somebody is going to do somebody bad. But help us, Lord, to live so much in this world of forgiveness that we don't even record it. We blow it off. There's not even anything to forgive because we don't take offense in the first place. Oh, God, because in such an attitude comes great freedom. Such an attitude comes such great joy. Help us, Lord, to truly live out the fact that we believe in the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.